If you happen sometime to casually wander into my office here at the Catholic Center, you may notice a certain thematic unity in the space. And space is the word. I have to confess without regret or irony that I am something of a Star Trek fan. And not just one of those watches, reruns, occasionally kinds of fans. I'm one of those guys that owns multiple Starfleet uniforms, goes to conventions, memorizes dialogue, and wins national trivia contests. And the pride of my Star Trek collection in my office is a collection of 35 autographed game cards on my office wall. The cards are from a collectible strategic card game that was published from 1991 to 2003. And even though it's been out of print for 17 years, I still play this game. And in fact, I played it yesterday. Without going too deeply into it, and there actually is a point to all this, to win this game, you have to accomplish missions that are printed on the cards. And to do that, you have to assemble a team of personnel cards with the necessary skills and attributes that you have to have to accomplish the mission. So, for example, if your mission is to investigate a ship's disappearance in the Hakaris Corridor, you have to have crew members with enough leadership to staff the ship and get you there. And then once there, you need people with skills including navigation and physics or astrophysics. And your opponent may have placed some dilemma cards at that mission, like the dreaded menthar booby trap. And to get past that, you need someone with medical training and you need two engineers. Still with me? Okay. When I'm playing this game, I always try and put together a deck that includes a wide variety of people, and that way I know that whatever comes, I'll have a reasonable hope of defeating those dilemmas and accomplishing the missions. And this is one of the principal lessons of Star Trek as a whole, that none of us possesses all of the skills and resources that we need individually to do what must be done, but that by cooperating, we can accomplish what's needed for the common good. In a time when virtually all speculative fiction is now about cataclysm and the end of the world, Star Trek still has hope rooted in the best of our humanity. St. Paul, although he was not, as far as we know, a Star Trek fan, knew this. And he saw when he wrote to the Corinthians that God has given the Christian community a wealth of gifts and abilities to accomplish the mission that Christ has given us. But we're given those gifts collectively and not just individually. And we can only put them to their best use when we're working together. Very few of us are gifted enough to change the world all by ourselves. To work together for God's reign, we have to be able to invite each other in. I am more and more convinced that in our severely divided culture, the first mission of the Christian is hospitality. By welcoming each other and welcoming the stranger, we are opening ourselves to the possibility of dialogue and to the possibility that when we are together, something wonderful can happen. 
The people of the ancient Near East had some very strict rules about hospitality, particularly towards strangers. They knew that at some time we're all going to be travelers or refugees. By welcoming a stranger, you open yourself to the ways that God has gifted him or her. Imagine the surprise of the hosts at the wedding feast in today's gospel. Through poor planning or some other problem, there was simply not enough wine to go around. One person I talked to speculated that the reason that there was no more wine was that the disreputable disciples of Jesus had already consumed all of it. There's not much textual evidence for that, but it's an interesting idea. I have worked as a caterer in the past, and I can tell you that running out is a caterer and a host's worst fear because it's one of the worst breaches of hospitality. But because one special guest had been invited, something miraculous occurred. Whenever Jesus has been invited, expect some surprises. Expect there to be plenty and expect the best to be drawn out of everyone. I often encourage engaged couples to consider using this gospel at their wedding because it makes it so clear that when they invite Jesus into their wedding, into their relationship, even their shortcomings can be redeemed and miracles can happen. It's not really a surprise that Jesus chose this particular occasion as the place he would perform his first public miracle. A wedding is a time to celebrate love and unity, the love that draws people together so that they can, together, build a life that is greater than anything they could have achieved alone. We have been given some important missions to accomplish to work towards God's reign. The poor have to be cared for. Justice must be established and guarded. The gospel must be preached, and the wounded must be made whole. God has given us together all of the skills and the attributes that we need to accomplish these missions. But we first have to welcome each other. And we must welcome Christ into our work, into our homes, and into our relationships. When we welcome each other and our God, we shall no longer be called forsaken or our land desolate or divided. God will delight in us and make our land his spouse, and our God will rejoice with us. Very few of us are so gifted that we can do alone all that God asks of us. But when we welcome each other and welcome the gifts that each one brings, we can make it so.